Thank you for joining us here at the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. My name is Joshua West, and of course, I'm here with Gary Wilkerson. Good to have you here. Thanks. On your podcast. Yeah, I like being on my podcast. <laughs> it's nice. Well, I've actually done a couple of podcasts on the Gary Wilkerson Podcast where you weren't there. Yeah. So um, yeah. I guess it doesn't go without saying. <laughs> um, we're going to be continuing our series we've been working through um, called The Fascinating, Life-Altering Word of God, and really um, talking about how to study the Bible Um, biblical exposition, how to rightly apply the Bible to your life. And our hope is, is not that we would just give you um, a ton of, you know, just knowledge, but that really this would stir your heart as a believer to, um, to get into God's word and to to mine it for for gold and to know who God is from his word. And, And so I think sometimes for us as believers, even those of us who love God and love his word, it's nice to have someone fan the flame in us. I know I need that. People like Gary do that in my life. I try to do it in his. And um, it's it's good to have uh, biblical faithful things um, to, you know, like Paul did it with Timothy in Second Timothy. He's not giving him a bunch of new information. Sometimes it's just reminding us of the value of things and what's important and, and refocusing. And, and, and hopefully for some of you, maybe you've learned some new things. And I know for me and Gary, our hope is that this will cause you to want to seek God from his word, to, to study, to show yourself approved, and that you would have a more fruitful time as you, as you study God's word. And so, um, today we're going to be talking talking about um, different ways we can study the Bible. Yeah. Uh, you want to get that started for yeah. us? Yeah, there's probably dozens of ways, but under the constraints of time, we're going to talk about four particular ways, uh, de- devotional, uh, topical, we've got expositional, and then word studies. Those are the four we want to take take a look at. And again, there, there are different ways to do that, but I think if we <coughs> excuse me, engage in these four, we will get a, a well-balanced understanding of the Word of God. Excellent. Um, yeah, so I'll take a look at the devotional, and I'd love for you to chime in on all four of these. We'll just kind of ping-pong back and forth. Uh, the devotional is probably the most common uh, for lay people. Um, you know, pastors are required oftentimes to dig a little deeper. Not that lay people don't dig deep. A lot of them are well beyond me. Uh, but uh, devotional, you wake up in the morning or you have your evening, and we might even call them that devotions. It's where you're just... Maybe you're systematically reading through Scripture and you're taking that. But the the idea behind it is not necessarily digging for gold or uh, really looking, doing a word study or getting into the Greek languages or doing an exposition or getting ready to prepare a message. Uh, it's just more like the, the, the feeding, the daily bread that Jesus right. said that, that we should have. You know, he didn't talk about sort of, you know, getting getting into the word, you know, occasionally he talked about it being daily uh, bread. Now he's the bread. I, I understand that, but uh, he's the word as well, and so so we can get the word uh, from him. So, but it's opening it up, and it's it's um it, it's almost musical in a sense. It's like you know how a worship song feeds your your spirit and your soul. Um, the devotional type of reading of scripture is is to understand. The, the heart and nature of God, not in deep theological terms, but in personal terms. So the, right. I would say out of these four that we're going to talk about today, this might be the most personal. Um, and sometimes it's it's uh, asking the Lord, you know, to just to speak to your heart that day. Um, it, give, it gives you some strength for the day. 
and some truths you can hold on to during the day. You know, you you you, get, you wake up, you have your devotion, you're driving to work, somebody cuts you off, and you're angry, and right. all of a sudden you got to remember, okay, you know, the Lord spoke to me this morning about peace, be still, or whatever it is. You right. Know? And uh, you know, I don't go fishing for topics that I need for the day. Uh, I just try to. I, I believe that I have gathered resources that I could pull upon at any given time that I don't necessarily need a particular word in the morning right. for that day. Uh, but, but I can pull out treasures old and new. That, uh, but I, but I, I, I do enjoy this. My wife probably enjoys devotional reading more. I find myself waking up in the morning and uh, you know having a prayer time, and then want to getting into word for a while. And I don't want to do it devotionally. And before long, I'm like, oh wait a minute, I get my books out. And right. you know, before long, I'm I'm, I'm into the sermon. expository <laughs> type. Yeah, digging deeper, writing a sermon. So yeah, uh, but the, yeah, that's that's. Uh, what what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, different things to say about it. One is, um, you know, just taking the the word for what it means. You know, devotion, like this idea of being devoted to God through His Word, spending time with Him. Mm-hmm. I think devotional time, in my opinion, just a humble opinion, is is time in the Word and in prayer. You know, it's it is this this priming of you know, not necessary, not that you couldn't dig in or whatever, but it's more of this like uh, the way to start your day, kind of preparing your heart. I think a lot of people, and this isn't a um, a negative thing. I just think you have to be very very careful. I know people who their devotional time in the morning is centered around a book rather than the Word of God. Now, there's some very good devotional books. Um, You know, I'm pretty fond of Spurgeon's Morning and Evening. Mm -hmm. It's a a devotional book. Um, Alistair Begg has an amazing year-long devotional book that, you know, because these men are very, um, you know, devoted men who preach the whole counsel of God's Word. I think, okay, well, if I'm going to read a devotional it should it should be from these guys, but I think for someone that that reverences God's word, but I but I think that there's a lot of people um, who, you know, would read a book um, that is more aimed at a, a subject matter or aimed that are that is vague encouragements. It's not really rooted in God's word as much. I just think you need to be careful that you're not thinking your devotional time with God is reading you know a book that I would never recommend anyone reading. Jesus Calling. Um, I don't. I don't care for that book because she claims that she got it through automatic writing. Oh, yeah. Not judging her, she writes oh. in in the first person. You know, like she's writing scripture. Yeah, right. um, if you read Jesus Calling, please don't write in and um, <laughs> be mad at Gary. I, I just personally, pastorally, wouldn't recommend that book. But even if you're reading a good devotional book, um, you need to make sure that you're careful about which one you pick. And you also need to make sure that you're not married to the author of the book more than you are to the scripture. Because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that, that that's what their devotion is. It's reading this book that will have a scripture and a lot of information from a person. Like I said, I'm, I'm not saying it's wrong. I just, just be careful that you're not, not getting in God's word and, and letting that it be a devotional, relational time with you. Now, like I said, there are good ones. Um, and it's okay to have a man, you know, an author to help lead you in those things. Mm-hmm. But just make sure that you're being very discerning about what they're about and what they're doing. If they're going through book of the Bible, you know, a devotional through Psalms or <clears throat> that's, yeah, it's going to be different. But sometimes, not in a bad way, there's an agenda to one of those books, you know, it's morning devotions for success, Okay. morning right. devotions, you know, for parenting. It's not that it's wrong, but you just got to realize that the whole of your life isn't seeking, you know, reaching for success. The whole of your life isn't parenting. And 
so it's not a criticism or even a rebuke. It's just a carefulness. Um, I don't think that there's a, a right way and a wrong way. I just feel like we we need to to get in God's Word, spend some time with Him, and pray. That would be my advice if someone came to me in church, um, and that not to overthink it too much. One thing, another thing I would I used to tell Teen Challenge students is, you know, get something bite sized for a morning devotion. You don't your morning devotion isn't reading Psalm one nineteen. Right. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm saying the idea of taking something and just digesting it, letting God speak to you, praying to the Lord. That that would be my that's one man's yeah. suggestion. Yeah, no, and I would add to that, um, you know, sometime reading the same passage, you know, for 10, 20, 30 days. Yeah. And, and so that each day it kind of it speaks a little more to to you. And um, I also thought of when you were talking about the devotional books, uh, I think I wrote in the forward of your book when you asked me to write a forward so kindly that you did. Um, Spurgeon says, uh, visit many uh, good books, uh, but live in the Bible. Amen. And I think that's that's been a, I have that on my on my wall in my office downstairs. Um, and to see that. So, yes, yeah, so then I would also add to this that I think we as pastors and ministers, you know, full-time in the clergy, need to be very careful not to jettison devotional study of the reading of Scripture because we would tend to be more theological or doctrinal or Definitely. Uh, or even preparing sermons. And I think it's important we stop occasionally just say, Lord, I'm, this is not for a sermon. Exactly. This is not for because uh, I'm studying this particular doctrine. This is like, you know, just, uh, just need to be fed. Your word, yes. your word feeds me. And so— being a minister is not our relationship with God. Right. That's so true. Yeah. Well, the second one then is topical. Uh, topical, I would define as there's a particular topic you want to study, end times, uh, uh, prayer life, uh, you know, and so so you're kind of going through the scripture that way, which, which you know, in that, you know, you kind of have, I'm sure you can't see that on the screen here, but, you know, like at the end of my Bible, I have, uh, you know, so there's topic here of, uh, being undivided or being unequally yoked or going through a valley, you know, I would consider these things topics, and and I, and I use this. I'll, and there are some that are more expanded than this. I have every, you know, if you want to do a word study on truth, uh, you know, that you can find this larger volume that has every scripture, and you can do this online too. You don't yeah. have that through books. And online is probably the e- easiest way to to, to do it. Uh, but but you're studying it for. Um, to 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 understand the topic, hopefully, something that you're dealing with that you're you're you know so it's like um, you know I'm I'm just not handling uh, anger very well lately so I, I want to see what the Bible from Genesis to Revelation has to say about that uh, I love what uh, George Mueller would do when he was trying to um, choose a, to discern what God's heart said about a topic he would he would uh, with that topic in mind. Uh, so, for instance, one they talked about, he was talking about money. Another, he did this with prayer as well. Uh, so he starts at Genesis and says, I'm, I'm going to read from Genesis to Revelation with that one question in mind. What does the Bible say about prayer? Or what does the Bible say about money? And he would, uh, you know, underline and put it in his notes to do that. Now, that's a lot more work than, you know, getting out. What do they call these things? Not, 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 uh, concordance. Okay, yeah, getting out of concordance and, um, you know, just going through it. It's kind of the work's done for you rather than right. reading. But, uh, you know, man, kudos to a guy that would want to know a topic so much that 
I think he'd be a guy I could trust to, right. hey, hey, George, what do you think about money? Or what yeah, do you think I about I want to hear prayer? what you have to say. Yeah, yeah. So that's. I think one of the things about um, topical study of the scripture, just, you know, not to always have like the, the warning. I think the, the main thing is, as we come in with a topic, we can't come in with a conclusion. So we want to study what the Bible says about money. We need to come into it open-hearted and say, what does the Bible say about money? Um, you know, we don't want to demonize something that's not demonized. We don't want to overemphasize something that the Bible doesn't emphasize. And so we can really see what God, you know, has to say. I think another thing too, this isn't like a, a complete litmus test that's 100% reliable, but I think there is some value in the idea if the Bible speaks a lot on an issue, then maybe it's an important issue, it, you know, either because it seems to be somewhere man stumbles all the time or something that's very close to the heart of God, uh, whatever the reason being, you know, we just have to make sure we're not bringing a conclusion because it's real easy to, you know, sort of brush past the ones that don't say the things we like. And so I think if we're studying a, a topical, uh, when I was first a Christian, I did a lot of this because I wasn't skilled in a lot of other biblical disciplines. Right. And so I would, you know, be, you know, having time on my hands and I would be curious about something or be confused about something. And I would go and, and try to find a lot of scriptures. And that's what I would do too, is I would try to find a lot of scriptures. I wouldn't as dedicated as George Mueller was, right. but I, I would go and say, because I didn't want just that one scripture I knew, what would typically happen to me is I would see something that the Bible said about, say, money, and then I would hear a preacher say something about money and be confused. And so then I'd be like, what does God say about this? Yeah. And so I would do my best to um, to find out. And I think doing it that way is, is healthy. Um, I also think you have to be conscientious of the fact that when you study the Old and the New Testament, sometimes concordances don't always work in your favor unless it's very exhaustive because some terminology, I'll give you a, for instance, the word blessed or blessing um, has some different specific meanings in the Old Testament um, when it when it tends to have a very uniformed meaning in the New Testament. Mm. You know, when you're talking about blessed, almost always Jesus is talking about eternal things. Yeah. It's not the case in the Old Testament. When you talk about blessing, you know, they're talking about more and so, so you got to be you got to be conscientious, realizing that there are going to be some nuances. Yeah. I think it's a, a a really good way to study the Bible, and um, especially in in light of um, studying. If that's you know you're studying on an area that you either want to know the answer to, like I did with money when I was young in faith, or um, an issue that um, you know, for instance, we we're talking about. Prayer, you know, your wife is doing her and Pastor John are going to be doing some prayer stuff coming up in the ministry soon, and so me and John, as we were talking through it, I found myself wanting to to reacquaint myself with, even though I know, want reacquaint myself with what the Bible teaches about prayer, so we can come into this um, with our eyes wide open, yeah. you know, is in the planning side of it. Like, what do you? And so you find yourself. And it was for a ministerial thing, but it's because I wanted to know, like myself, it raised this question in my mind. Thank you for watching and listening to the Gary Wilkerson podcast. Josh and I really appreciate the opportunity to minister to you. If you've been blessed by this, encouraged in the Lord, I would love for you to prayerfully consider generously giving to help support this ministry. You can go to worldchallenge.org and you'll find a donate button right there on the homepage. God bless. Thanks. 
think that's a great way to, to study the Bible yeah. topically. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think we're, like the psalmist said, uh, you know, guard my heart that, I'm not, that I might not sin against you. And I think, you know, when we do topical studies or devotional, we, we kind of pray that guard my heart that I not sin in the sense of mis- misinterpreting that or misunderstanding or, or projecting onto it what I want out of it. Uh, but but I, I would say that what we need guarded with uh, topical, uh, along with what you said, would be you know, if you just get the word itself, uh, trust. So you know, maybe maybe it's two hundred times in scripture. So you you know, I will trust in thee at all times, and you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And so you've got you've got, but but you you don't get from the concordance stories that speak to trust. Right. How, you know, how did Abraham trust the Lord? You yeah. Know, and, and so you know. That's where kind of Mueller was pretty smart because he probably learned a lot about issues uh, in the narrative form that's not necessarily even in, in context. So, you yeah, know, right. you're about to step step into exposition, so I'll wait to make my comment about it then. But there, there is some. There's so much more depth to, um, and I think when you do a topical sermon, if you get engaged on the journey to keep going down the rabbit trail, just go with it. You know, if you if you get if you find a story where you're starting to actually see the the trustworthiness of God, you know, you don't, don't hem yourself in and say, "Well, I got to get to other 900 yeah. scriptures." <laughs> right. I'm gonna, you know, so yeah. think just be willing to do to be yeah. flexible. Have you ever done that? You, it's almost like channel surfing. You know, you you you're studying one thing, and then all of a sudden that you read a verse and go like, "Oh, that's interesting." And then you know, I'll Google what you know. The, show me the scriptures on that, and then I'll, and then before long, you know, it's like I started on. On holiness and ended up on fasting. You know, it's like it's so and, funny. And Ten things in between too, but every one single one of them is like intriguing to me. So it's yeah. I, I don't. I never feels like it's wasted time. Sometimes I think it's even a journey that God's saying, "Okay, you you came to me to ask me about this, where I wanted to talk to you about that." And I think that's very true. End up there. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the expository uh, studies of the Word of God, and you were going to say something about that. So, you know, just before we actually talk about you know what that is. Um, the idea, the idea of expositing God's word, has to be at the forefront of our mind when we read devotion, devotionally, we study topically, that we realize that the principlematic, the principlematic side of exposition, is always in place. So that even though I'm not going to line by line study this thing and you know the scripture in Hebrews chapter twelve, right. That I need to the best of my ability when I read that to understand it from exposition. Yeah. Because sometimes there will be words used that don't really, um, they're not used in the same context of what you're thinking. Like the word trust may come up, but it has nothing to do with actually trusting God or, you know what I'm saying? And so sometimes words are con- uh, inconsequential t- as far as to the the body of the text. And so the the even though we not everything has to be like line on line when we study the Bible, um, we still have to think about the Bible that way. That's I meant, didn't mention this in a previous podcast, but I, it came to my mind. You know, the person who prepares the topical sermon has to be a honestly a better expositor of God's word than the expositional preacher because he has to handle each one of those scriptures contextually and make it make sense in the topic. So the topic has to be born out of exposition. And so um, so I think, obviously, you know, uh, we're going to talk about what it means, you know, to study the Bible line on line, precept on precept. But 
we have to think expositionally, no matter what we're doing in any of these kind of Bible studies, even if we don't dig, 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 you know, if, if, if we're not understanding this, we may need to read the scripture above it to go, what does this line even mean? Yeah. You know, what does the line under it mean? Okay. Now I have a framework and then move on to the yeah. next one. Yeah. Uh, that's a, and we talked about that on one of our previous, previous episodes. So I would encourage anybody that would like to go back and look at that. Uh, we, we have a whole, um, episode on expository ministry and uh, preaching and um, looking at scripture as well. And the last one is uh, word study. It's different slightly than topical, although the two could be somewhat intertwined. It's different in the sense that topical um, is a little bit broader. It could be uh, a question, um, how, how did I... How do I know I'm saved? Or how can I find security in my faith? Or how do I be a better father? It's the topic you're interested in, where a word study is to take one specific word and just, you know, dig it as far as you can go, you know. Right. And that, and there's a lot of, and this is where tools come in. Definitely. Um, you know, um, the, the, what's the word? Etymology. Etymology of, I'm, I'm, I'm fading a little bit here. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, 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 you can have that involved in this and you can get the word studies, uh, then the Greek or the Hebrew. Almost all this stuff is online now. Yes. And so you don't even have to have a library. You can just ask Google a question. Yeah. Uh, what does, what does walking mean in Greek? And right. show you, and, it's pretty reliable. You're not going to get a whole lot of false teachers say walking means, right. you know, now some, you got to be careful because, uh, but I would say there's some trusted resources. Um, if you've been walking with God, he's probably already led you into the green pastures of some good resources. Definitely. So when I Google something, it'll be like 15 different things and I'll scroll down and go like, oh, I, I know desiring God. I trust that. Right. So I'll click on that one. Exactly. And then they'll help me understand about walking, uh, and walking, walking in the spirit, walking by faith. Uh, but it, it's 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 language, it's uh, root words, it's it's um, how it's used in various Definitely. forms of scripture. So that's uh, that's the fourth type. Here's what I would say about um, word studies. You, so you got to be careful about a few things, and and if you really study well, you won't you won't have these problems. But there are a few nuances you got to be conscientious of. One is, you know, if you're going to do word studies, it's helpful to have. A, uh, a word-for-word translation of the Bible. You know, for instance, even though there is no such thing as a true word-for-word translation because there's no way language can be translated that way. There has to be things sometimes that are explained, um, but you want one that's aimed at being word-for-word as much as possible. Like uh, the ESV would, the NASB would be probably the most faithful word-for-word translation we have in English. Um, but because they're so painstakingly concerned about that, the sentence structure, sometimes it reads wooden or even kind of backwards, yeah. um, especially in some of the the New Testament things and uh, even in some of the Old Testament. Um, but I said all that to say this, you know, a, a version like the NIV, if you read the NIV, read the NIV. I think it's a great translation, but it's a thought-for-thought translation. So they are not paying special attention to words. They're taking a sentence and they're trying to interpret it sentence by sentence or thought by thought as best as they can. That's why it reads so well. Yeah. But but there may be a word in there You're like oh, that's a great word. Well, that may not that word may be used to impl- you know to support the meaning where it's not in, where it's not really a word that will trace back. So that's one thing to be conscientious of. If you use any biblical online study tools, it usually will guide you in these things. You know that's that's just a word added to make this make sense 
in this modern English version. It doesn't take away from the the power of the scripture and the inerrancy of the scripture, any of that. Um, and so, uh, you know, King James is a word-for-word translation. NSAB is a word-for-word translation. ESV is a word-for-word translation. So you just have to do a little research into finding those things out. My second area of um, just caution for people is, uh, and I've got one more after this, so I'll be quick, is etymologies. There are times where people try to, they misuse the fact that something is a root word for something else. And and if you pay careful attention as you trace these things back, it's usually pretty self-apparent. They'll explain to you that this word has, you know, the 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 modifiers is the same, but the meaning of the word's not the same. Or, or you know, half, it's a conjoined Greek word from, and we translate it into English words. So if you take one of these things back all the way to the beginning, it doesn't mean anything. So keeping in mind that etymology and root words do have value to them. It's a lot of value, but there are going to be times where it, it doesn't always lead in a straight line. So just know, know that going in because I've heard a lot of people take things that the etymology takes them to a place where they're, they're, they're making a false teaching out of it because it supports some particular brand of theology they want. So be careful about that. And then the final thing I would say to uh, take caution about is the, the idea that, um, that when you're studying words of Scripture— that it is important to remember that while words have um, power and, and influence uh, and meaning, um, that when you go back to um, biblical languages, you know, I've studied Hebrew, but Greek is what I'm more proficient in, New Testament scholarship. Um, there will be times often where the, the, the way Greek sentences are structured the meaning of the sentence. Well, I'll just give you an example. In English, context in the sentence is everything. I tell you I love you, you know what it means. You know I'm not coming on to you romantically. Right. It's, it's, it's given in the fact of our relationship and the way I state things. In Greek, there's going to be four different words for, right. for love. And so it's important to keep that in mind yeah. when, you're, when you're tracing things back. So if they're using, if you're tracing the word love back, well, let's find out which Greek word for love is used and then let's trace the meaning back. And so I think not to dissuade anybody from doing it, just realize that that it's going to take some work to really find. But but if you do it right and well, you're going to find some deep, rich things about the Scripture. Um, the I know I said the last thing, but let me say one more thing <laughs> sure. and I'll, I'll stop. There's also another danger that when you when you Google uh, Greek words, that there is different kinds of Greek. So if you just say, what's the Greek meaning for this word? It may pull up the modern Greek yeah. meaning of the word or modern Greek translation of a word. So what, you, what you'll want to do is you'll, you'll want to put words like Koine Greek, which is the kind of Greek that was used in the New Testament, or just say biblical Greek. What does this mean yeah, in New biblical Testament, Hebrew? Greek, what does this mean in New Testament Greek? Yeah. That'll, that'll help you because you yeah. can fall into some things where it's like, well, wait a minute. I, you know, I've had people do this before. I heard this preacher say that this meant this, and I Googled it, and it doesn't mean this. And I'm like, well, you Googled it, and it gave a modern Greek translation of it. Yeah. Put the word biblical or New Testament in front of it. Voila, there it is. <laughs> oh, so good. The um, You were talking earlier about 
you know, some tools that we have. And we're going to have a whole episode on that towards the end of this 12 week series. Uh, but more, but as we're speaking about one of the tools that I find helpful is uh, Young's Little Translation. Yes. Uh, you can buy the whole book and it has, has, it has it in, you know, in a sort of a modern English and then it has it in English, but uh, word for word. And it, it, it's hard to read because like you said, the, you know, the Greek might, you know, the verb might be in front of the noun or something like that. And, it's, right. and, and so it, instead of saying, I, I went outside, outside went I, you know, you're like, oh, that's Yoda. Little, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little awkward uh, to read, but I, I like it because it has, you know, it'll show you the Greek in the Greek language. And then if there's, you know, it's because it's sometimes you see if you go like and you're looking at the Greek and it's three, it's three words in Greek. And then the English translation is 12 words. So like, yeah. Because there's some things that aren't said. So the Youngs will actually say, you Why? know, that, that, that. It only has, it'll only have those three words, even if it doesn't make sense. You know, in our, it would make sense, obviously, to a Greek speaker. Right. Uh, but it doesn't to us because it didn't translate well to our language. But at least it's there. And you know, each it was word for word what it means. So I think that Young's little translation is a, is a good tool. Um, I'll close with this. We've run out of time. But you and I both, interestingly enough, gave some take heeds to three out of these four. Um, you know, be careful when, you know, devotional or to- topical or word studies, got to do this or that. Neither of us had any problems with exposition of scripture, <laughs> which is good, which probably tips our hand a little bit of where we would want to see people spend most time. Right. Um, I, I would say if you had a half hour to be in the word, you know, try to try to do that. And if you need more help with, with that, we did have a whole uh, podcast on 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 how to, how to do that, and so you know we might encourage people to shift a little bit away from these other three. Uh, strangely enough, the three that we're most we love want to use and do use, but we we'd be more cautious about it. Um, those three are probably the most used ones, and the one we're advocating for is probably the least used one. I would, I would agree. Yeah. So if you want to be, and maybe that's the reason some of us are not fascinating or finding our life altered by the word of God. And uh, this could be, you know, as you dig these deep treasures out, as Corinthians says, Corinthians one says, you know, the, even the depths of God, uh, that, 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 that the depths of God usually don't come uh, from lighter touches, but from these things that really, penetrate deep into our hearts. So, well, thank you again, Joshua, for being with us. We look forward to it. Uh, we've got uh, six more. We're halfway through this uh, six-week, six, uh, six, 12 uh, part program here, and we're in week six now. And I uh, hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're growing, and I hope you are becoming more and more fascinated by the Word of God, and we're seeing it uh, alter your life, that there's life change taking place. If it's just uh, changing things up here, your mind uh, you know, and obviously the mind can lead to great things in your behaviors, but it, 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 it's going to require you asking the Holy Spirit to let the Word penetrate your heart in such a deep way that it affects how you think, how you feel, how you act, how you love, how, how you relate to God and others. So they, these are deep, deep, deep things. Hey, and if you uh, haven't already, if you enjoy the content, would you consider subscribing to our podcast? Um it, it helps us. You can also select the bell if you want it to notify you um, every time a new episode comes out. And, uh, and also, we have a, a lot of other content and resources at worldchallenge.org. If you go to our website, you'll find sermons from you know many different men of God and different kinds of resources and preaching and teaching and devotionals and all sorts of stuff. So um, check both of those things out, and, and God bless you. God bless you. Thanks, Josh. 
If you're enjoying the podcast but want to dig deeper, both Gary and Joshua have books that you can buy right now on our online store. Go to worldchallenge.org and click on the store tab at the top of the page. There you'll find books written by David Wilkerson, Gary Wilkerson, Joshua West, and others as well. Check it out today. If you have been positively impacted by the podcast and would like to help us, there are a few ways you can do that. One, remember us in your prayers. Two, share this content with others. And three, consider becoming a World Challenge partner. If you would like to give to the ministry, go to worldchallenge.org and click on the green donate button. Thank you for praying, sharing, and giving. We'll see you next time.